of things. So uh, anyway, I'm going to dive right into this this morning. We, uh, <clears throat> we've been talking about our testimony for the last few weeks, and, it, and it's something that I'm, man, I'm, it's like you don't, you don't get beyond this. You have to have a testimony if you're going to overcome. And we found out really some powerful things with regards to that, right? Um, this day that we live in today, just just uh, just knowing some information about God and just being religious and just going to church is not going to cut it. We're going to have to have some power. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm so glad that you know that when Jesus uh, took off, he said, "I'm I'm taking off because there's going to be an expansion of what I came to accomplish, and it's going to take place because of some power that you're going to get." And and they said, because <laughs> they felt like they were sure they couldn't do it themselves. But with the power, man, it spread all over the world, the then known world. And uh, anything that's that's taken place uh, with knowing God today is uh, uh, is because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I want to uh, talk about some things because we we have we have everything to do with how God moves in this day. And so I I want to challenge us today. Um, there, there's there's a necessity uh, for uh, this this idea of perception is something that's really been strong on me. If you can perceive something correctly, then you can uh, you can uh, uh, comply with it, yeah. and that's what we're always being hit with right now. Is they want us to see something a certain way so that we will comply. And uh, it's so necessary for us to be able to see the truth. And that's partly what we've been talking about these last few weeks is, is this revelation of, of the truth that's so necessary. But it has, to, it has to be applied to us, to our identity, how we see ourselves. Self-perception is critical. How you perceive yourself is very critical. And so each one of us are, are created differently. Viva la difference. Isn't that what, is that what Pepe Le Pew said? Yeah, it's like, viva la difference. You know, I, I love this difference. I'm so glad I have a wife. Man, we were talking about it the other day. Ladies come in and they're all dressed up fancy, you know, and I'm thinking, yes, it's beautiful, you know. Because <laughs> guys, we just kind of, we can be kind of just drab, you know. I'm so glad that God made women that are, you know, they're, they're, they're beautiful and, and wonderful and everything. But, but there, there's a certain, there, there's, there was a term from, now I grew up in the 70s. There was a lot of terms from the 70s that are, actually some of them coming back, you know, cool and, and uh, maybe that never went away. I don't know. That, that was just a good word that came up in the 70s, right? Um, but, but there's, there's this, this term that, um, that, that people can say, that is just that's just how I roll. Does that, does that make sense? Like, that's just that's just what I do. You know, don't don't try to don't try and you know there's this thing, don't don't you criticize me till you walk in my shoes and, and you know, because what I do is just what I do and you leave me alone because this is what I do. Does that make sense? <laughs> and and actually this is this is kind of where I want to to, to put some roots down today. What do you do? Because you could ask each one of us. I kind of have this opinion that people kind of do what they want to do to a large extent. Now, now, sometimes, you know, there, there can be some barriers in our life that we want to, man, you know, I, I'd love to be able to, uh, you know, play in the NBA, you know, and that's just, that's just not going to happen, especially at this point in my life. I, you know, probably never, um, there, there, there's some things that I just don't do, right? I'm, I'm just not made for that. I just don't do that, right? I'm not made to pick up my socks. They're supposed to. <laughs> yes, my wife, would I, uh, what does he do? Well, he leaves the socks on the floor. Well, that's just how I roll. You, know? <laughs> you can say, well, you're fixing to unroll, right? <laughs> <laughs> but this, 
what you do and what you see yourself, what you, when somebody asks you what you do, if you immediately, you immediately you get this perception of yourself and you say, well, what do I do? Right? You know? And sometimes you're not going to tell everybody because some of those things, they're very dear to your heart and you don't want to put them out. You don't want to cast your pearls before swine, you know? Say, <laughs> no, no offense to whoever you're talking to, but, but, <laughs> But, but sometimes, you, you know, you got a defense mechanism. You're not just going to tell everybody what you do. But you get, you get, you know, a relationship with somebody and you start finding out. That's partly, you know, what getting guys together. What do you do, you know? Because sometimes you need to share those things. Sometimes things don't become what you do until you actually start saying what they are. Does that make sense? So if y'all will just indulge me here. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to show a little video. There, there's how many like Geico? Can, can can you can you stomach a little bit of Geico commercials here this morning? Uh, man, they they did a whole series of these that are just fun. And um, so I'm leaving the Geico thing in there. I don't know. We might get in trouble. I don't know. But uh, at the risk of getting in trouble, <laughs> are, are we good? Uh, because sometimes you just do what you do. You know, if that's who you are, then that's what you do. And at the end of it, then I'm going to kind of segue. You're really going to be impressed with how cool this is. All right. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be over here with my fingers crossed. All right. I think we should have taken a left at the river. Tarzan, no. Where Tarzan go? Tarzan does not know where Tarzan go. Hey, excuse me. Do you know where the waterfall is? Waterfall? Oh, no. Me, Tarzan. King of jungle. If you're a couple, you fight over directions. That's what you do. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico. It's what you do. You have to do that right in my ear. The beast was as long as the boat. For seven hours we did battle. Until I said, you will not beat me! Greg, what should I do with your fish? <laughs> Just put it in the cooler. If you're a fisherman, you tell tales. It's what you do. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico. It's what you do. Put the fish in the cooler! I did that for Larry. Let's feed him to the shark. Let's feed him to the shark. And take all of his gold. And take all of his gold. And hide it from the crew. Ah, they're all morons anyway. Never said that. They all smell bad too. No, you all smell wonderful. I smell bad. If you're a parrot, you repeat things. That's what you do. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico. It's what you do. It's what you do. <laughs> Make way through the So, what does your God do? What does he do? Yes. And there's that, that last phrase in there, because if you believe that he does it, then he doesn't just do it. He does it through you. Yes. So you can't be part of the, you can't be a, um, a company man without selling a few products, you know. You got, you got to get involved. And so um, I just want to dive into this a little bit. Can we do that? Because I, I believe that God has called each one of us. He's, he, hasn't, he hasn't singled people out. Uh, you know, there's a phrase that many are called and few are chosen. And um, I believe the chosen are the ones that decided they were the chosen. You know, I'm going to be on the team. That's me. You know, we were, we were talking about this this morning because God wants to do things in our lives continually. Yes. He, he, there's opportunities every day for us to, to either become critical or to see 
an opportunity for God to do what he does. God just does what he does. But we got to find out how he does what he does. Because he does it through us. And so we become a, a, a cog in the wheel of God if we're not participating. But, and it's not something to be discouraged about. We should be, uh, there's an opportunity for us to be propelled in this. That we're all called to this. Amen? You know, I was thinking about it. Sometimes we can say, when is God going to move? I tell you, I'm really looking for God doing some movement. God, get with it. Do what you are famous for. And, and you know, I was thinking about it. You know, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were sick, didn't he? But you wonder, uh, uh, you know, some person that was the block over from where Jesus was raising somebody from the dead or, or their eyes being, you know, being able to see again. Sitting over there saying, oh, I wonder when God's going to do anything. And Jesus is the block over. Have you ever wondered about that? You know, it's like, how, how, how close are we and what is separating us from what God's doing? Because he never stops doing. He does what he does. And he's doing it right now. And, and the, the best way to see God do something is to watch him do it through your hands, through your, through your touch. Amen? And really, that's how he's designed for that to take place. It's, it's amazing to me. You, you would think, and I think a lot of people have problems with theology and believing in God. Because I think if, if you know, I, I took a Holocaust class in college and... Um, you know, a big problem in Judaism is if, 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 why didn't God do something? Why didn't God keep that from happening? If he's this great God, if he can do whatever, he, because he does stuff through people. He's looking for people yes. continually. Yes. Amen? Yeah. And there were actually things that did happen during the Holocaust. There were people that were saved because there were people that responded. Yeah. Okay. But, so... There's, God's wanting to do, and man, let, let's be stirred up by the reality of this in our lives today, okay? Um, so I'm just going to dive into this, and we'll get through this. Uh, Mark 16, 17. So, I like that last phrase, I believe. How many believe today? How many believe today? You know, just saying yes is a really good start, you know? <laughs> Then we get, we're given this. We're given this next verse here, and it throws it back in our lap, does it not? And these signs will follow those who believe. Ah. So and we kind of touched on this last week, didn't we? <laughs> if you're if you're a vacuum, you better be sucking up some dirt, right? There there needs to be some evidence that, that you are what you say you are, and you do what you say. Do you believe? Is that what you do because that's who you are? Because you're a Christian? Because you're a new creation in Christ? Yeah, that's what I do. I believe. I believe. Well, what does it mean to believe? It means to have some evidence of it. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Who, is it saying that God's going to do that? It's actually saying that we are. Now, it's his power. It's him, it's him doing it. But it requires our action. It requires us actually going beyond our own little world and seeing somebody in a, in a need as an opportunity for God rather than uh, a reason for us to be scared or, or to run away or something. Does this make sense? They will speak with new tongues. So, you know, this is actually part of, of, of what we've been given in the Holy Ghost. And you think, well, why, why do you have to speak with new tongues? I'm, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost and I've never spoken in tongues. Well, if you actually get full of the Holy Ghost, there's going to be some evidence. That it's not you just being the way you were before. There's going to be a supernatural evidence of some kind. And it's not you just being peaceful. That might be supernatural for you, but. <laughs> right? So why, why, why was it all through the New Testament that it was speaking in tongues? Well, man, that's just weird. You're just, you're just crazy. Well, Jesus said, well, I'm not going to give you something that's going to hurt you. 
It's gonna, it's, it, 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 it's, it's gonna be something you can't figure out. Right. Oh, well, I, if I can't, you're telling me to, to let go of my mind? Well, if you knew, it's like Mark says, if you knew him, how little you had to let go of, you'd let it go real quick and easy, right? Was that Brother Hagin or was that Mark? I don't know. Oh, that's Mark. Yeah, that's a Mark. Okay. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly. It will by no, that doesn't mean that they go out and drink a bunch of <laughs> stuff just to prove it. It's, a, it's an accidental thing, right? It will be by no means, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will be exposed to viruses and not be sick. Amen? Amen? Who, who, who's, who are these people? People that actually believe. Who are going to be the leaders in a revival in these days? Not people that are just throwing up some nice ideas and living however they want to live. People that actually believe. When you actually believe in a most holy God, it transforms every choice you make every day. Right? Okay. So what does God do? Well, he, he does the impossible. Right? It's kind of easy. So, you know, when you're, all, when, when you're done with all the stuff you can do, then that's when God, right? That's when God does what he does. Now, he wants to get involved in everything that we're doing. He wants, he wants to live and move and have, have his being in, in us, right? Um, but when you know it's God, it's when you just can't do anything. Uh, you know, I was reading on, on some people's uh, uh, Wikipedia thing, you know, you can find out about some people, famous people and athletes and whatnot. And, and I was just looking at one of these uh, yesterday and I looked down and said agnostic. What does that mean? They just don't know. They just don't know. And I, there, there's a lot of people like that. But I, I thought back to some people like that or, or people that did not believe, uh, did, weren't really convinced. You know, I was thinking about Pharaoh, you know. <laughs> he had all those plagues come and he still wasn't convinced. But at some point, when you actually see a God thing, even when you're going across the, the sea and you're chasing somebody, and the water comes down on you, you're going to believe in God at that point, right? <laughs> Remember with Elijah. He had 450 prophets of Baal coming against him, right? And they were skeptical. They did not believe in his God. He said, well, we're going to do something that your God, whatever you call those things, can't do. Because when you get God involved doing what only he can do, it removes skepticism. It removes the ability to be agnostic. You can no longer just say, no, I don't know. Not unless you've just lost all your senses. (laughs) (laughs) So you know what happened with Elijah though, right? So he had, he had those 450 prophets of Baal. They, 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 took, they, had a, a, they, they killed a, a sacrifice and put it on the altar. And he said, okay, call out to your gods and have them uh, bring down fire. And they were slashing themselves. They were doing everything. And uh, they got done. They, uh, no fire. No, nothing. Remember, he dumped water on that sacrifice. Dumped filled up the trench all around it with water and just calls out to God. Does it, it, it consumes the water. It consumes the whole sacrifice. Something that God does. There's something in our lives where God wants to just consume everything in a way. Every, you've, you've tried everything else and now it's God time. Amen? But who does he do this for and how does he do it? Does he just, did, did he do it without Elijah? Did, did, did Pharaoh get consumed in the ocean without Moses? No. Okay. All that happened with somebody that was just like us. Somebody that said they believed. Amen. 
Indifference and arrogance are lost when God does what he does. 1 Kings 18, 24. Then call on the name of our, your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. That's Elijah talking to those prophets, right? The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God and all the people agreed. And so they went into that agreement and they came out of it knowing who God was because God did what he does through Elijah. Amen. Amen? So how does he do the impossible? I've already told you that I got ahead of myself. But he does it through those who are fully committed. This is where I want to challenge us. What are, how do we start doing We got to start figuring out how we can have strategies to approach people and to do things. You know how it happens? We become fully committed. We get our face in God's face. That's why I love these, these songs we sang this morning. Amen? Yeah. Here I am. Jesus, let your will be done in me. <laughs> all, all that I am. I forget all the lyrics. How many times have I sung? If I'm not singing it in the song, it's, I don't know. Okay. But there's this, there's this necessity of where we are with regard to that. And I just want to look here, Second uh, Chronicles. So God is always looking. So what does God do? He does the impossible and he does a whole lot of looking. God's a looker, right? Why? Because what he does is dependent upon his search for a heart that he can do it through. Is that kind of, it's like, it's reality. Second Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen, to do what? To empower. Not, not just them, but through them. Those whose hearts are fully committed to him. This is where I, I, I think we have to be, man, we have to be challenged in this continually. Being passionate and being fully committed to God is something that apathy disallows. You can't be, remember what, 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 what God said? If I would that you were hot or you're cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. You don't get to be a part of what I do at all. Not, not only that, you're not even going to be around. <laughs> I think one of the biggest dangers we have is becoming apathetic about our passion for God, for one thing. <laughs> and being fully committed to him. What does it take to be fully committed? You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, the enemy wants to come anywhere. He, he, what's the problem with sin? It's a lack of commitment to God. Why does God hate sin? Because it indicates a lack of commitment to him. And, he, he, and he's not finding a heart that's fully committed where there is. And here is actually the liberation from those things that we could get bound up in is just to become totally committed to him. Amen? So, so God's always continually looking where he can do what he does. And he does it through hearts. In Jesus, a heart filled with the Spirit to do the Father's work. So what we're saying here is, this is why did Jesus do what he did? Well, he's the Son of God. You know, that you can get real religious with that to the point where you don't have any responsibility and do you know that Jesus did everything he did as a man? Right. I know he was the son of God, but every, he, he, he removed his godliness so that he could identify with our humanity and do everything that he did as we can do. Yes. And we'll see this. So in Jesus, what happened? God found that heart. He was completely committed to his father. Did you know he could have sinned? If he couldn't have sinned, it wouldn't have been legal. He could have sinned. He could have given in. All the way to the cross. He could have done it all the way, right? But what did he do? He was completely committed unto God. So that's why... He could stand up in the temple and he could quote this because he had, found, he, he had actually seen what happens when you become 
totally committed. What happened with Jesus? He, 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 he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, John baptized him in water, but he came up, and what happened then? There was a, a dove that came down and landed on him, and everything changed from that moment. He was the son of God before. But something happened when that Holy Spirit came on him and he began to operate in a different anointing. Now, if you look at it, it, there's a scripture that actually talks about, and the anointing shall break the yoke of bondage. That anointing, what it is, is actually a fullness that Jesus took on that everything that came out of him was a pushing back of darkness. And it was because of this God finding a heart in him. If we can follow this. Because he's doing this as an example for us. So when he, when he quotes this, this is after that, he, he gets up in the temple and he quotes this and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, Jesus, you need the spirit of the Lord on you? Aren't you good enough in yourself? Well, this isn't how God has designed it. He's designed it that he finds a heart that is receptive to a continual presence. Now, it's not enough. We get saved and we become a new creation and we have the spirit come live inside of us. But that doesn't mean we're completely committed to him. Does it? You can pray a prayer of salvation and you can live like the devil. And grace is so powerful, his, his love is so aggressive towards us, so, and he, he continually pursues us. He's just a wonderful father. But if he's going to do what he does, he doesn't do it through a vessel that isn't committed to him. Amen? Are you with me? So listen, so the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. He's filled me. So when the Holy Spirit comes on, he doesn't want to just come on. He wants to come on and fill. Because what does filling do? It pushes everything else out. Amen? And there's a necessity of this for there to be a vessel through through which... An anointing will break yokes of bondage, anything that's in your path. And so what it becomes, it's not you anymore. It's the fullness that's in you that's pouring out. Amen? Amen. So Jesus has given us the, the clue here. He said, Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. He's filled me to preach the gospel to the poor. What is that? Somebody that, that is lacking. They don't have to. They can be blessed. Heal the brokenhearted. That's a lot of people, isn't it? A lot of people. You know, that can be a sickness in itself that just squelches your life. Just sucks the life out of you. And he's anointed to heal that. That's what God does. What nobody else can do. You know, there's a lot of drugs today that they try to temper that. Well, somebody's going through a broken heart. They say, well, take this because you're, you're depressed. Take this. Well, God can heal it. That's what God does. So we're looking for what God does and how he does it. He does it because the Holy Spirit comes on. He anoints. He fills up. And he, and he gives you this ability for God to do things. He's anointed me to do that, Jesus said. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Wherever Jesus went, he did good works. Now, there was a statement that I I was looking at here. And, and, uh, you know, people want to get away from works. You know, it's not about works. (laughs) Not to get to God. We aren't saved by works, but we're saved to works. We're saved unto works. The whole purpose for us being saved is not just to get a ticket to heaven and, and, a, and, a, and a get out of jail on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
God calls us in and he says, I've made it by grace that your heart can become a place that I can abide and I can anoint and I can fill it up so that I can do what only I can do because I need that heart. Amen? So wherever Jesus went, that's what he did. He did good works. How God, and this is, this is an act, so this is after he's departed, right? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now that oppress, oppression of the devil can take all kinds of forms, can it? He, he's, so, so this is part of, part of what I want to see is, let's don't, let's don't start naming all the things that God can do, because we'll never be done, Right? He goes beyond. Everything about Christ was the inclusion of us. So this, this next passage is, is, is where I want to say where Jesus said this about himself. I'm anointed uh, and, and I'm made able to do these works of God. But then, remember what happened when, the, when there's a blind man and everybody's trying to figure out what's wrong with him. All right. What they went into is uh, sin focus mode. Right. Who did what wrong? Yeah. Um, trying, to, trying to lay the blame. And Jesus said, he's, Jesus saw everything as a God opportunity. Yes. Why? Because he was full of God. Yeah. When you have what somebody needs, you see them as an opportunity for that need to be met. Yes. Yes. Amen. This is why it requires, if, if God's going to do what he's going to do, he's going to need some people that are so full of him that they look at the world differently than everybody else. Yes. Yes. Amen? Even these nonsense things going on in the world today, we can, when we get full of the Holy Spirit, we won't just enter into strife and being, being critical and everything else. We'll see if we become led and full of the Holy Spirit, God will be able to do something about what we're experiencing in these days that only he can do. Yes. Amen? What the enemy wants to do is to keep us in strife, keep us in division, keep us hating. And keep love from winning. <laughs> That's good. Right? right. <laughs> uh, while I am with you, it is daytime. And, and this is the, the Passion Translation. I just wanted to get on the women's good side here this morning. Uh, uh, I know that video was enough, but we'll, <laughs> we'll use the Passion Translation. <laughs> so if you look in the King James Version, Jesus said, I must work. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get into a, a too much of a debate here. But every other translation refers to Jesus saying that we must. Very interesting because they they are encountering a blind man that was blind from birth. That that, that it it was impossible. If anything was going to happen for him, it was going to be God, yeah. right? And so Jesus says, "Well, it's this is an opportunity for a God thing." Man, how many opportunities do we have in our life, right? If we can, if we can become what God needs. And, and, and this, isn't a, this isn't a working thing on our part. It's, it's a submission thing on our part. It's a commitment thing on our part. Amen? I, I, okay. For there is coming a day, a dark night, when no one will be able to work. What we don't realize, you know, uh, we just had, we just found out this morning that, you know, I was telling you about um, uh, Dan Craig, you know, and I was using him as an example of, um, you know, uh, 007, um, James Bond. Uh, dear friend, I've probably known him about 40 years, and I just saw him last time we were down in Alexandria, and... Um, he just passed away, just, just uh, I don't know, last night or sometime. But what I immediately thought of is, last time I saw him, I didn't realize yeah. it was going to be the last time. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't, we kind of plan our lives, we kind of, we, we kind of 
get our, our whole lives in motion and we're concerned about this and we're concerned about that and everything else, we don't realize how much time we have. And the work that God wants to do is time critical. Uh, you know, God, there's no time with God, but our time is. And for God to use us is limited. It's very limited. Amen? And you think about the people that have done great things, that God has done great things through. How critical it was for us that they didn't say, I'll do that later. You know? That they, they, they said, this is me now. So Jesus had a great understanding of this. He said, you need to understand. They, I, I think some of them said it was about a month later that, that he, he was on the cross. He said, we have we. So wh- what I want us to see is Jesus, even before the cross, was including us in what he's doing yeah. and what God is doing. Said we must work while we can. He had this strong upon him. As Jesus went to work and was sent to work, so are we sent with the same support. We touched on this last week a little bit, but Jesus was sent. He said, I, I'm doing what, what the Father has sent me to do. And he said, Now I'm sending you. So we have the same, the same thing that Jesus had. Wow. You know what I love about this? Is God will let us take steps towards it. I don't know about you. I'm not there completely right now. But if we don't talk about this, if we don't stir it up in our hearts, I'm telling you, there's some people here listening right now that that are going to take this to heart. You know, every time Jesus spoke, he said, don't be listeners only. Do something with it. Amen? Amen. And we've been sent just as Jesus was sent. So, and and this was was even before the cross here. Uh, I'm sorry, no, I I believe this is later. Um, This is after the resurrection. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And look what he says next. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So in the, in the sending, there was a, a direction to receive. Now he's not telling us something that he didn't do himself. I believe that when Jesus was up on the mountain, he was in a continual state of reception of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And he's telling them the same thing. He says, as I was sent, so I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. This is not a one-time reception. This isn't going to the door because um, Amazon shows up and you say, well, I received that. God's work, Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This was before the cross. He was sending people out. They were actually doing this because Jesus gave them the power then. All right. So there's no limits of the impossible though. So and this is what... uh, This is what Jesus said. He said, you know, you've seen me all doing all this kind of stuff. Don't be limited by what you've seen me do. Anything that's impossible is a God thing. Amen? Amen? So you're not just looking for blind people. You're just not looking around for blind people. You know? (laughs) You're not just looking around for lame people. By the Spirit, you become sensitive to anything. Amen? Somebody is oppressed. What does God want to do? What does God want to do? He wants to heal, doesn't he? How's he going to do it? Well, if we could just get him to church. If we could just get him down to Brownsville. If we could just get him to somewhere else. And God says, if I could just get you to them. If I could just get you committed. 
I've given you all the tools. Receive the Holy Spirit. It's as easy as that. Amen? He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And listen to this. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to, the, to my Father. Just get limitations completely. What, what, what does it say in 2 Corinthians? Uh, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. He's saying, let's make this as big as you want. Let's, let's call it a mountain. Right? Requirement, there is a requirement of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, receive it. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This power was necessary. This reception of this power. What is that? That's a total commitment unto God. Everything that you have for me, I submit my mouth to you. I submit everything about me to you. I surrender completely. It's fun to sing songs and it's fun to do, but... When the, when the rubber meets the road, what does that actually look like? Amen? So there's a necessity of receive. Jesus said, when you, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you, just like it came on me when I got baptized. That same power is going to come on you, and it's going to enable you to do the same works of God through your hands that I de- did, and even greater. Is this some hard stuff? <laughs> it's reality, isn't it? This is who our God is, is he? Isn't he? So there's a necessity of grace instruction in righteousness. So I just want to, I'm, I'm wanting to encourage us. There is, how we are is very important. God wants to do something through us, but there's a necessity for the work of grace to have its completion in us to enable this vessel through which he can flow. We have to receive of the Holy Spirit. But it's not enough to just receive of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to have a holy effect upon our life. You can, you, can, you can babble different sounds all day long and not produce the life of God. It's not just speaking in other tongues that is the answer. It's the work of grace. I love this passage here. Let, let's, uh, I referred to this last week, but I wanted to read it here. Are you all good? All right, Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to who? All men. It's amazing grace. It's appeared to everybody. But what happens? How many have gone to the University of Texas and become a, um, a brain surgeon? Well, it's available. Why don't you go do it? Sometimes I think grace is the same way. It's, it's, it's like something you have to find. You have to, you have to go and you have to, you have to stir it up. You have to s- study. You have to draw it out. What we got in salvation was not just a, a, a tiny little thing that's a supplement to our life. It's something that we are just got our foot in the door and we can now begin to discover. For the grace of God that brings salvation appeared to all men. It's available to everybody, but it becomes, this grace becomes an instructor that we can either disregard. How do you learn something from somebody? How do you know you've learned something from somebody? When you can actually do what they've told you. Otherwise, it's just information, right? So it's teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, right, righteously, and godly in this present age. I like that because it's in any age that you're in. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now this is the part. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. Now, why did he redeem us? Just so we could be free? Just so we could come out of darkness into light? He has a very specific purpose. that is It's towards us, but it's through us because God wants to do stuff through us. Amen? So, 
very necessary for us to be inspired by what God does. God, this is what he does. He does the impossible, but he wants to do it, and he's only going to do it in these last days through those who become completely committed to him, completely full of his Holy Spirit. Amen? (laughs) And if you're like me, I'm saying, God, here I am as as committed as I can be now, and I want to commit more. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not resting on what I feel like I have done. Right, that's right. I want to be desperate for more. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Man, I'm listening to myself preach this morning. Okay. <laughs> Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. And what happened with that redemption from every, every, every lawless deed? I thought we weren't supposed to be concerned about works of unrighteousness. No, Jesus came to redeem us from them. To make it so we're no longer bound by those things, by attitudes, by habits, by addictions, by anything that, that squelches the power of the Holy Spirit's flowing. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. But if you got junk all packed on top of it, it's not going to be able to get out. And Jesus came to redeem us from those things. To purify for himself. He, he's selfish about this. He cares about us. And he's, you know what? He longs to do what God can only do in our community, across the fence. And what's holding him back is not his ability, not what he does. It's the commitment of a heart. All right, y'all are the choir. You, you say, you, just think of somebody else that needs this, all right? And purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And I want to say, what, what are those good works? They're God works. They're God works. Not things that are identi- that, 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 that they get the credit for or it's, it's about them in any way. No, it's God works. The same good works that Jesus went around doing wherever he went. And this is what I want to challenge us with. Is, is, is this isn't something that, that is confined to anybody else. God will do it through you just as much as he will do it through anybody. Because the same things have been made available to all of us. The grace of God has appeared to all of us the same. It's that same powerful grace. So life, life's purpose and uh, uh, vision will change. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. <laughs> if you know God at all, it's a, re- it's a result of the impossible work of God. We're his workmanship. We're a result of his work. Amen? Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Not not our works, God works. We're created in Christ to do God works. The things that God does, which God prepared beforehand that we should what? Walk in them. What do we do when we go through our life? And there, so, so there's a term, walking, when you're going through your life. That's how you live your life, isn't it? You walk through your life. This isn't talking about actually going for a walk like on the beach or something. You know, This is talking about your walk, that you should live your life. What? With good works. So Pastor Kim has an example of this that she uh, um, experienced this this lady, did you want to share that or no? You, you were going to, yeah. I just believe God's wanting to take us further than we are. And it's going to require us wanting to, first of all. Amen? And then just simply being humble before God and saying, God, I can't do this myself. But I can be committed to you more. And I can receive of your Holy Spirit like Jesus said. Because I know that I can't do this myself. I need your fullness. I need your Holy Spirit upon me. And that's where I'm going to put my, my, my focus. And then in my walk, I'm going to listen to your voice. Because you cannot 
walk in the spirit if you're not receptive to the spirit. You cannot be committed unto God and be a heart that he can do something through until you're completely submitted to what he's offered you. Amen? So I, I want to encourage us in this. However much we've, we've submitted so far, let's make it like it's nothing. Amen? Because there's more for us. And, and I, I just, it's, it's, it's not about us. God, God wants to do these things. This is very clear in the scripture, is it not? This is, what, this is what God does. This is what he's famous for. But I don't want to just sing a song and hope that God shows up and does something. No, he's looking for us. <laughs> he does the impossible and he does a lot of looking. So if you've been with us the last three weeks, um, Wednesday, the Lord's really uh, laid on my heart a message on communication is important for the navigation of your life. And then that next Wednesday, he gave me communication is important for the imagination that I want to give you for your life. And so, in other words, he's given us an imagination to use so that we can see those things that he wants to use us in, exactly what Pastor Steve's talking about. We need to imagine us ourselves reaching people, laying hands on people, seeing people healed, uh, experiencing you know, legs grow out, whatever it is. That imagination in the spirit he wants to utilize. And then the last one was um, communication for demonstrations of the spirit. And the Lord was just really um, in, in showing me that his demonstrations of the spirit are not just, we're expecting some big, huge thing that we've seen, you know, in Africa where thousands of people come forward and all these people are walking out of, you know, wheelchairs and all these miracles. That's a, that's a demonstration of the Spirit. But he said, you are experiencing demonstrations of the Spirit each and every day. You just don't realize it. Just, you know, we could be driving here and, and God has saved us from some accident. Just the fact that we're walking in health and healing and wholeness is a demonstration of the Spirit. Just the fact that the love of God is being poured out on us every day, His grace, His mercy, it's new every morning, that's a demonstration of the Spirit. But we've sort of minimized the things because they've become, become almost mundane to us. You know what I'm saying? The small things, the little things that God, that we think are small, that they're really huge, but we've made them small in our mind. And so God showed me, he said, I want to demonstrate my power and my spirit through you each and every day if you'll be looking for it. So I just said, Lord, I, I want that in my life because it's important for us to not get focused on thinking that he's in our past, but he's in our, he's in our now and he's in our future. You know, God moved big before, but what's he doing now? Well, he's moving. I'm telling you, he's moving and he's doing things. So, um, so I had this, um, appointment that I, I met this lady on Friday and literally in five sentences, within five sentences, she started revealing her heart to me, telling me that she was getting a divorce. She'd only been married for two years. She had been divorced prior from a long 22 years of marriage, a guy that she had dated um, from 14 on, and he had some issues. And um, so she felt like she was echoing those same issues from her past onto her new husband. Because I said, well, why would you divorce if you've only been married two years? Has he done something you know, to, to cause you to want to get out of the marriage? You know, and she started sharing with me these details. And um, and I looked at her and I said, well, the, the probably the second or third sentence was, I, I, she said something that made me think that she was a Christian, alluded to it. So I said, are you a Christian? She said, yes, I'm only seven months a Christian. I'm a baby. Get this, just a little side note. You know how she got saved? This is an Asian lady who comes from a long line of Buddhists. She's the first one to get saved in her whole you know, line of people. She said an 18-year-old invited her to church going through a Starbucks. Going through a Starbucks. So never, there, that is a demonstration of the Spirit. Never Never despise the small beginnings. Never despise the small things. An 18-year-old invited, you know, sometimes when I'm around Asian people, I'm thinking, because I know their culture, I know, and I'm thinking, these are the hard ones. You know, in your mind, you're thinking, these are the ones who are really stuck with their, their culture and their ways. But the Lord wants to meet these people. He wants to get them saved, so, or he wants to come into their life. So anyway, um, so she started sharing with me about her, her marriage and I said, don't you, 
do you have any biblical reason for leaving this man? Has he gone out on you? Is he abusive in any way? No, no, no. I said, then you don't have reason to leave him. Oh, no, he's a wonderful man. He's a Christian man. He was raised in a Christian home. Uh, he, he's good to me, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, why are you? Well, I just don't want to impose this. I don't want to reflect this negativity on him that I've gone through. And I said, well, do you realize that you're in covenant with this man? When you become married, you, you say before God and man that I am in covenant with this man before God. She looked at me like she didn't, she's like, oh, like the blinders were taken off. So long story short, after three hours with this gal, by the end of the time, I was praying for her marriage and she was asking, she had lost a baby last year. She, had asked, she said, I'm gonna text my husband right now and tell him he's been praying and asking God to restore our marriage. I'm gonna text him right now and tell him that you saved our marriage. He, she said, um, God sent you to me. She texted me afterwards. She said, God sent you to me to save my marriage and to renew my faith in God. She said, I'm so excited. She said, I can, I can totally, she really believes, you know, that people come across her path to speak into her life because God sent them. Why shouldn't we think that? So she was so excited and just through all the stuff she shared with me with the, the loss of the baby, I said, you know, she said, I don't know if God wants me to have, I said, God wants you to have one if you want to have one. If that's the desire of your heart, then yeah. She said, you're telling me that I can have a baby if I want. I said, absolutely. She said, will you pray for me? I said, yes. So at the end, I'm, I'm laying my hands on her belly. In the beginning of this conversation, three hours later, she's ready to divorce her husband. And three hours later, she's everything is restored. She's texting him and she's wanting a baby. Now, you don't, can't tell me that was a demonstration of the Spirit. <laughs> I just, I'm amazed, and I, I'm looking for these opportunities. Y'all, we need to be looking for these. Our people are hungry, and they're hurting, and they need what we have. Amen. Sometimes we demean what we have. We, they need what we have. Can I give this scripture really quick? Sure. This scripture has been coming up a lot since the beginning of, of the pandemic for me. Um, it's the one that says, you know, that when I'm weak, he is strong. But I want to read it to you out of a passion. It says, but he answered me and he said, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. My power finds its full expression through our weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply than the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded by troubles, are we surrounded by troubles right now? On every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger for, for my weakness becomes a portal for God's power. And that word has been resonating in my spirit. It's been coming up and coming up and I've had people sending me videos on portals that are opening. Heaven is opening for us, y'all. The windows of heaven are open. There is an open heaven right now, and there are portals for us to operate from the power of the living God. And we don't have to depend on our own strength or our own ability or what we know or what we don't know, but we can depend on him and expect those demonstrations. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, so anytime there's going to be advance made, there needs to be... Uh, a, a decision, a commitment made on our part. Amen? I believe every time we have the, the word spoken to us, we have a, an opportunity to say, this is gonna change me. Amen? Um, I encourage you, uh, how, how many have the app on your phone? Or uh, you get online and see where we're at. So these notes are on there. And again, I have some, some things on here I would like for us to... Um, why, don't you, why don't you stand up with me and let's just, let's just do this together. I encourage you in the, in the app, let's, let's make this, let's just make this a, a humble uh, part of our approach to God. It's, it's not like we're, we're trying to, you know, fix the whole world all by ourselves or something. It, this is just who we are. It should be, a, you know, I, I was thinking about this even while we were praying this morning. What, what we have in God should be something that we, um, we, we become more and more, this is who we are. <laughs> if God is going to do what he does through us, being with him needs to be who, what we do. 
You know, I've been experiencing this. I've, I've, I've made some commitments. God, I'm going to spend more time allowing your spirit to flow through me in prayer. I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm just activating the Holy Spirit. I want to get full of you. And you know, it, it's, it's independent of how I feel about it. A lot of times I might not feel that great. I might not feel all inspired or something. But I'm making a decision. And what I find in this time, the, the longer you spend with God, it's like getting to know somebody. You can't just go out to eat with them once. You have to hang out for a while. You have to go on a trip together. You have to go fishing. (laughs) Come up with some tales to tell. (laughs) Right? But if God is going to be comfortable enough in us to do what he does, we're going to have to spend enough time in him to be comfortable in his presence. To where we identify with his presence more than we identify with the world. Amen? Amen? And this is something where we have to choose. This is a commitment we made. God moves through those whose hearts are com- com- completely committed unto him. And he's looking, he's looking at us today. Say, so what, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? There's always more for us to go towards. And I encourage you that this isn't something where we become self-conscious in this. We just become more God-conscious. And our purpose is not to do the works. Our purpose is to become a vessel through which the works can be done. Amen? But we should be inspired by what God does and what he wants to do. That lady that we're going to talk to, we're going to actually say that question that we might not have said otherwise. We're going to ask you, you know what? People will let you pray for them. You know? Can Can I just lay my hand... You don't, have to, you don't have to be all spiritual or anything. You, you just pray. God's the one that does it. But there does need to be this thing. Is God, I'm committing to you more than ever. I'm laying aside these things. I'm allowing grace to teach me how to say no to things in this world. Amen? Because it means something to, to me for God to do what he does through me. Amen? So I encourage you, there, there's a prayer uh, on the app that I, I encourage you just to pray that. Um, but I don't have it on the screen here, but I have, some, um, I have some declarations that I just think we need to say together. These together, we might say them a, a two or three times because there needs to be this, we were talking about perception at the beginning. What you're doing when you're declaring things is you're actually seeing things. Did you know that words create images? They, 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 Help us with our perceptions. And when we declare these things, we're actually getting in line with what God wants us to see about ourselves. Until you see yourself this way, there's no way for you to operate in it. Amen? So let's just say this together. Everything about me was transformed when I became a new creation in Christ. You know, you, you might have to meditate. You might just want to say this like over and over again. Just never stop saying it, right? Because the reality of this is dependent upon our perception of it. Let's say it a couple more times. Everything about me was transformed when I became a new creation in Christ. Let's say it again. Everything about me was transformed when I became a new creation in Christ. This is reality. All right, let's say this next one. What I do has been made new to include the powerful works of my Father God. Now, what are we saying? You might be a fisherman. You might be a mechanic. That's what you do. But when you become a new creation in Christ, now you also do the works of him that sent you while it's day. Amen? What I do has been made new to include the powerful works of my Father God. Let's say it again. What I do has been made new to include the powerful works of my Father God. That's who I am. That's how I roll these days, right? Wherever I go, I see those in need as opportunities for God's working through me. 
Wherever I go, I see those in need as opportunities for God's working through me. Wherever I go, I see those in need as opportunities for God's working through me. His works in me are reason for complete consecration to him in holiness and the Spirit's filling. Don't you like that? It's not about me anymore. It's not about some stronghold in my life anymore. It's about somebody getting delivered because I submit to deliverance. (laughs) Does that make sense? His works in me are reason for complete consecration to him in holiness and the Spirit's filling. One more time. His works in me are reason for complete consecration to him in holiness and the Spirit's filling. My life is fulfilled in allowing what God does to be experienced through me. Isn't that amazing? God will do what he did through Jesus, through us, when we're consecrated to him. Amen? (laughs) It's like a fringe benefit. These signs follow the one who is completely committed and completely full of the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad he sent the Holy Ghost because there was power that enabled those people when they were full of it to do the works of God. Say this again. My life is fulfilled in following what God does to be experienced through me, allowing what God does. Um, what I like about this too, when you're, when you're confessing this, is all of us need fulfillment in our life. And there's a deception when we get into other things that it's going to satisfy. How many people with everything take their life? Fulfillment comes when you're doing what you are designed to do. And we were all designed to worship God. But what is that greatest worship? It's when he's doing through us what only he can do. Let's say this one more time. My life is fulfilled in allowing what God does to be experienced through me. How powerful that is. Amen. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, get on, get on the app or, or just make, have a prayer unto God. Let's, let's, let's call out to him. Say, God, this is a continual thing in my life. It's like Paul said, I, I'm just continually pressing towards this.